0: the word Christian, what thoughts come to your mind? Older women serving in church? People that are against anything fun? Maybe you think of Billy Graham or Mother Teresa. Perhaps it's your Christian relatives or co-workers who are always talking about Jesus and what he's done for them and how you need to have him in your life. Maybe it was a Christian pastor that visited you in the hospital or a Christian who condemned you for something you did. The truth is we've all had experiences with people claiming to be Christians, but what is a Christian supposed to be like? Well, my name is Mark McKinn. I'm the Executive Director at Grace Fellowship International, and I'm with our Director of Counseling, Dr. John Woodward. Today we're beginning a series of programs that will look at the characteristics of true Christians in a world that is increasingly hostile toward Christianity. It's so important for Christians and others to know what being a Christian really means. So, John, the word Christian means different things to different people. Some view that positively, others view it as a negative thing. So with all of the various opinions, denominations, and cultural varieties, it seems like discussing what a Christian
1: is is a really broad challenge. In many ways it is, Mark, but really it's pretty simple. Well, that's good to know. All right, then,
0: so tell me, what is a Christian?
1: So let's define Christian by starting back to the first century, okay? The Christian was first used about 2,000 years ago to describe people in the area of Antioch who followed Jesus Christ. Antioch was in southern Syria at the time. They were called Christians because, unlike their Jewish counterparts or the Romans or Greeks, they confessed that they followed Jesus Christ alone and lived according to his teachings.
0: Okay, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. A Christian is a believer in Jesus Christ.
1: So we agree about that, but really it's more than that, isn't it? Because in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke for example they report that even the demons quote believed unquote that Jesus was the son of God but of course they weren't Christians
0: no they're not but it is it's important to know that
1: the bible says the demons believed that Jesus is
0: the son of God
1: they recognized him but in James chapter 2 verse 19 it warns people who were just kind of going through the motions he said you believe that God is one you do well but even the demons believe and they shudder. So simply believing the fact that Jesus is the Son of God isn't enough to be a true Christian, right? Right. The key is found in Galatians chapter two, verse twenty, a verse that we appreciate so much here at Grace Fellowship, right, right. Mark? Yeah, it's true. why don't you read it for us? Sure, I'd love to. Galatians chapter two verse twenty. I have been
0: crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me.
1: Thanks. Now, this is such a powerful scripture, because when Christians declare Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that God raised Christ from the dead after he was crucified, we actually exchange our old life for new life in Christ that empowers us to live in a new freedom. Mm. Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 6, verse 5, when he says, For if we become united with Jesus in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Wow.
0: Well, John, we've just read two very important and powerful scriptures when discussing what a Christian is. If I'm understanding you correctly, when we accept
1: Jesus Christ as our Lord, it's almost like we have a new identity. Exactly. We really do have a new spiritual identity, and Mark, we know that that's really the very essence of being a Christian, having a new identity in Christ. And that's what we're going to discuss in this series, right? People who aren't Christians, and many Christians, don't really understand the power that comes with this new identity in Christ. You're right, but when we understand our identity, things change,
0: but John, again, this seems like a really broad topic. So how are we going to discuss
1: this? Well, as we planned this series, Mark, we decided to break it down into two major categories, right? So the first is that if we have our identity in Christ, who is Jesus Christ to us? And in the second half of the series, we'll look at what having an identity in Christ means to us at a personal level.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, of course, when you say that, I know what you mean. But for our listeners,
1: when you say who Christ is to us, what do you mean by that? So here we're talking about titles of our Lord Jesus, roles that he has. For example, first we'll consider Jesus as our Lamb. In the book of John, for example, it says that when John the Baptist was baptizing people and when Jesus came to him to be baptized, remember the verse where he said, Behold, the Lamb of God is... Who takes away the sin of the world. That's Gospel of John chapter one, verse
0: twenty nine. Yeah, I understand that. Powerful. As our Lamb, Jesus is taking away our sin. Exactly. And the second key way that Christ impacts us.
1: We're also going to look at the second way, which is that Jesus Christ is our Lord. We mentioned that a moment ago from what it means to be a Christian that we confess Him as Lord. But we're going to unpack that a bit more, Mark, right? We're Romans chapter twelve, verse one. Says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service.
0: And I love the fact that we're going to discuss that in more detail, correct?
1: We sure will. We'll unpack that further. And like the third way Christ impacts us, Christ is our very life. Mm-hmm. In Colossians 3, for example, first three verses, Include these words, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we'll be exploring what having Christ in our life looks like at home, in the workplace, and in our leisure time. This series, John, is going to be so helpful. I'm so excited
0: about it. So Christ is our Lamb, our Lord, and our life. What is the fourth way Christ impacts Christians?
1: We'll also mention that Jesus Christ is our liberator. Man, I
0: like the sound of that. I mean, who
1: doesn't want or need freedom? Exactly, me too. Jesus said to those who believed in him, this is in John's Gospel, chapter 8, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ah, to be free from the sin that so easily entangles us. So right, And Jesus really offers that kind of freedom, right? We'll talk about freedom from sinful habits, temptations. We'll also look at the fifth way that Jesus Christ impacts us as believers in him, and that is that Christ is our leader. Or should be. I mean, John, think about it. We say that, but I really question how many people live out that truth. It's interesting that you would say that, Mark, because as we move into the second half of our series we're going to see how our self-centered flesh can get in the way of embracing our identity in Christ and really letting him be the leader that he should be in our lives. Wow, man, that's, that is so interesting. Can you clarify that just a little for us? Right, let's do that. So after we become Christians, we still have the choice of living a self-centered life. For example, being a slave to fears, hurts from the past, or habitual sin. Or we can live a Christ-centered life. Remember the wonderful testimony of Hudson Taylor, yep. that pioneer missionary to China in the last, uh, well, in the 1800s. He called this the exchanged life, a term we like so much here at Grace Fellowship, right, Mark? Right. Where we give up our right to what we deserve or want in favor of allowing God to do his will through us. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Matthew 16, verse 24. We often don't want to deny ourselves, and that reflects the battle that often rages between our flesh and the spirit. But as Christians, embracing
0: our identity in Christ can give us victory in that battle, right?
1: That's so encouraging. And so in the second half of this series of sessions together, we'll look at four reasons that this is true. And the first reason is true that we can have victory in the battle is that we are children of God. That's our identity. 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God, and such we are. We'll Mm -hmm. talk more about that. Being children of God changes our very identity, which changes our privileges, our abilities, and the doors that are open for us. Will you explain what you mean there? Well, by doors that are open for us, we're saying that, for example, a leader... Of our country, let's say a favorite uncle, we would still um, be who we are in terms of our identity, but our identity with him would allow us to do things that our own natural identity wouldn't permit us to do. I see. And And that's exciting
0: to think about, right? Because if my uncle, my favorite uncle, was the leader of the country, it would really open up a whole new level of life for me, wouldn't it?
1: It sure would. And so when we compare that to Jesus, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, if we're identified with him, the one to whom all authority and power has been given, that opens some wonderful doors for us. It does. Well, in this
0: series, what is the second benefit, then, of being in Christ?
1: Well, we'll identify a second blessing in terms of our identity in him, and that is that in Christ we are a new creation. At The core of our being spiritually, we're a new creation, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I have some questions on that one when we get to it. But what is the
0: third benefit of being in Christ?
1: The third benefit we'll discuss is that in Christ we are a citizen of heaven. That reminds me of the old
0: hymn, When We All Get to Heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory.
1: I love that hymn, too. Me, too. Uh, We're going to discuss, then, how being a citizen of heaven affects us as believers here and now. Okay. This is really going to be
0: an informative series. So far, we've seen that as one who is in Christ, we are children of God, new creation, citizens of heaven, What is the last benefit of being in Christ that we'll discuss?
1: Well, we'll conclude by looking at how in Christ we are God's workmanship.
0: Yes, we are. And I think people really need to grasp that. We are God's workmanship.
1: Right, Mark. Paul wrote in Ephesians and told them, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2, verse 10. There is a lot in that verse. Exactly. So often we dwell on our flaws, our failures, our negative emotions, ways we don't meet the standards we have set for ourselves or God has set for us. But as God's workmanship, we are what God wants us to be and equipped for what God wants us to do. But more important as Christians, since we are God's workmanship, it's important to know God's view of what a Christian is. And that's what we'll be looking at in this series together.
0: This all sounds very interesting. But John, we've covered a lot. Will you please review what we'll be discussing
1: in this series? So in this program, we've looked at a summary of the whole series, right, Mark? We've talked about how as true believers in Christ, as Christians, Christ is our Lamb. And all these start with L to help us remember them. That's good. Uh, Christ is our Lord. Christ is our life. Jesus Christ is our liberator. And he is our leader. And then in the second half of this series, we'll explore how when we are in Christ, we are children of God, we are a new creation, we are citizens of heaven, and we are God's workmanship. So together, these nine benefits are the core of leading the exchange life Paul described in Galatians 2.20, which we'll mention once again, this great verse that we appreciate so much. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we have finished the series, we will have learned how being in Christ gives strength and wisdom and freedom to us as believers. Thanks, John. This
0: sounds like an important and exciting series. I look forward to hearing and learning in more detail what it means to be in Christ. Today we begin a series that will look at nine ways God has equipped Christians to live an exchange life. This material was based on the work of Grace Fellowship International. And you can obtain more information on the exchange life at gracefellowshipinternational.com. Our goal is to guide you into complete and victorious identity in Christ. I'm Mark McKinn with Dr. John Woodward. Thank you for listening.